All right. Post theme music banter. Yay. Hey, so this is episode 13. Is that right? Yes, yes. of Sharpen yes. That Axe, a Holy podcast cow. dedicated to strengthening your skills as a guitar player. John, as Colorado, you're still there. You loving it's it? Very sunny, and there's there's these things that have popped up in the last few days. Mountains. Oh. So I don't know how long they've been there. They say a long time, but you might want to get yourself checked, John. Yeah, um, might have to do that. So, in a side note, too, uh, probably by the time this comes out, we'll have 300 plays on our yes. podcast. So that's Very really happy. exciting. Making progress. Our army of guitar nerds steadily grows. Thank you very much, people. We, 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 love, we love each and every one of you. Yes. Every one of you. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's kick things off. As, <coughs> as mm. per usual, I'm just going to repeat myself when John coughs. Uh, <laughs> Please do. Look at, look at the week. And John, it is your turn to send me. I'm not going to get it. I've resigned to the fact that I'm not going to get it. No, no, you're not. You're not. Um, and then you will laugh when I tell you what it is. So, but okay. yep. When you're ready, good sir. I'm ready. Where is it? Um, it's hanging out there as LOTW7. Ah, uh, okay. Fun little drive. So this, we're on, look at the week number five. I'm very, that's uh, seven. seven. Seven, is it? Seven. I think it's seven. Oh, God. Okay, I've got it. Okay. Listening? Okay. Dream Theater. No. What? No. That had loads of that had loads of trademarks, little 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 uh, Patrici trademarks. Yeah, li- um, little little bits of tapping and all those sorts of things in there, and uh, yeah. Uh, anyway. God. Okay. Okay. How many? How many? Uh, that's exactly. That's just where my brain went, and I'm not think. I can't think of anybody else. Yeah. Uh, go on. Okay. Enlighten me. Okay. Uh, it's Toto. So um, Steve. Oh. Luther. So yeah, the, the guitarist Ireland group has been blowing up about guitar nerds being excited about Toto. So I was like, I'll throw a little bit of Toto in here and we'll see, uh, see if, if we get a little bit more of Steve Lukather than Rosanna and Africa. So, and hold anyways. the line. And hold the line, thank you. Uh, but Possibly this is... one of the best guitar solos to ever be in like a top 20 pop song, in my humble opinion. Fair enough. This is from yeah. their album Tambu, which was like '93 or something like that. Um, right. So ten years. Is, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Ten years. Ten years on, and uh, <laughs> this is this is called uh, Dave's Gone Skiing. So oh, there gosh. you go. Yeah. Those oh, hurts me. Uh, <laughs> so it's time for paddle talk. Pedal so talk. We, we, we went into multi effects and everything like that, but now it's back to talking about the effects that feature on multi effects. Capiche? Uh, exactly. <laughs> a lot of effects right there. So we're gonna, we've been talking about modulation in the past, but we haven't really broken it down into the, the modulation nitty gritty. So how about we uh, go into different types of modulation for this week? Okay. So yeah, we've got four that we're just going to talk about. So obviously there's more, um, but we're going to kind of hit phaser. Flanger, not a flanger, as I was so rudely informed I call- when I was like 12. Dude, uh, me too. I was just, <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Scoffed at. Yeah, exactly. I didn't, I mean, it looks like flanger. It does. So, yeah, but 
yes, the terrible guitar center person behind the desk had no kind words for an ignorant yet eager 12 year old. So, God. yeah. So, Phaser Flanger, right. Boris, and we're doing Octave as well. Yeah, I think that, that sounds good. So, the first one, uh, the Phaser, which is kind of an interesting deal, um, essentially splits the signal. So, this is, uh, yeah. it, it takes the signal and then it takes one of those and it whips it out of phase um, anywhere from zero to three, 360 degrees. Um, and so it kind of moves back and forth between the two is how the ears perceive it. Um, huh. and, and occasionally cancel each other out. Um, and that's, that's what's known as a notch. Um, and that wow. notch is what creates that sort of whooshing, swirling sound as they gotcha. move in and out of phase between each other. Okay, so when we're talking about phaser, like, it's all good to say what it does, but for thinking of examples, I suppose you go for maybe the, the EVH, because he does have his own signature yeah, phaser pedal. you know, so when you think of, when you think of, like, the, um, like, you know, I, Ain't Talking About one. Love. Yeah, Ain't Talking About Love is a good one. Um, actually, that's a, that's, yeah, between that and Eruption, like, those are probably the best examples of that classic Eddie Van Halen sound and then kind of adds newer... the yeah, yeah exactly yeah um for me i don't you probably don't know them but there's an australian uh band well it's basically one guy he plays all the instruments one of those kind of bands but they're called yeah. tame impala and they've got a, a fantastic guitar player named well you know he plays guitar but he's a fantastic just the sounds that he gets are amazing but he's a real whoosh every because he's basically making dance music with you know acoustic instruments and cool. electric you know guitars so it's it's really really cool what he does i'd highly recommend if people are looking for something a bit newer for a phaser uh, check out tame impala yeah really really good so i for ages i've been kind of confused about the difference between a flazer flazer and a flanger a phaser <laughs> and a flanger. So if you could tell us, instead of a phaser, what could you tell us a bit more about a flanger, John? Yeah, so the difference between the two is like, essentially the flanger is, is kind of, think of it as just like a bigger, heftier phaser. Um, okay. But it does usually, it gives you more control, but that also means like massive swirly bits. So Ooh. essentially those notches that we were talking about, it kind of, you can space them out more um, and Phasers typically have a limited uh, number of stages that you can sort of manipulate. Um, oh. However, a flanger is going to carry, like, I've seen stuff like upwards of hundreds of these stages in each individual one. So it just kind of intensifies the effect. Um, yeah, and right. it's, so, so yeah, it just, it kind of imposes itself a little bit more on, on your auditory senses. And right. like again, More sort imposing. of. I like that. Yeah, and that's so, that's kind of how it feels. So classic examples probably be like if if you're looking for early examples of when when these things started coming on, like it was kind of late '70s. Mm -hmm. um, I think the first one was MXR's Flanger, which was like 1977. And so you had people like the Clash using it, Lost in the Supermarket, which great, you know, such a great tone. Exactly, yeah. um, and then but a slightly more kind of um toned down version of one would be barracuda um, Ooh, yeah barracuda sorry yeah i learned <laughs> well, that for you a band had before to. you always it's like i did it's a crazy song i learned that for a cover band a couple of years back and that's just a mental song it's just guitar wise like, 
it's right it's not easy it's a not easy and that, that but it's, there's a lot of tone as well behind the guitar so i suppose that is the flanger yes yeah that'd yeah. be the, the big one um the next one is chorus and i know a little about the chorus because i know i can pick out a chorus in a song i can pick out i remember using i when i used to read like tab books and it used to have like you know mm. little notations like for the red hot chili peppers like with chorus and i'm like but but the chorus is a part of a song what does it mean right. I found out the chorus was a pedal they couldn't have named it something else but like when i think chorus i think probably andy summers and yeah the big one yeah i mean, I mean like everything was just kind of drenched in this kind of chorus sound this kind of make it make it a little bit fatter i suppose yeah think of like message in a bottle and really what it is is the idea is is sort of duplicating the sound um but then it has some of those similar features where things can slightly go gives you like a little bit of that out of tune sound um okay. you know so the reason it's called a chorus is because think of like a chorus like a choral group so, oh, okay. um, and, and so like a group of singers or similar instruments and everything's like not quite in tune and then you can adjust it. So it's like way out of tune. It gives you that really warbly sound. Yeah. yeah, um, the warble, yeah. But I it suppose. also, yeah, like you said, adds that depth to it. Um, of course, like, uh, smells like teen spirit. Like that's got it in there too. Oh yeah. For the, for the kind of the verses, the twang. Yeah, exactly. Oh, right. Exactly. Forgot about it. that. Um, which so it's not as like dripping it's not as deep as some of those boston's like another classic early chorus example you can't um, mention teen spirit without mentioning boston yeah, right i mean obviously up. like every as soon as you think of of boston and more than a feeling like immediately kurt cobain comes to mind sure yeah um and then i suppose the big one as well is is, is purple rain i mean that opening chord yeah it's probably the most famous example of chorus ever ever used the um <laughs> what, f funny fact about no it's not purple rain but it's the uh you know let's go crazy off uh, yeah yeah purple rain. apparently for that end guitar solo uh i was reading this like the studio notes from that and apparently they interviewed somebody who was in the studio at the time and the producer basically had to pay attention to Prince was facing like the wall, facing his guitar. He wasn't facing like he, he wasn't giving him any indication of when to stop recording. Of course. But he was just like, you know, he's kind of like, okay, you got to watch my ass and basically figure <laughs> out when I'm going to stop. It was just, yeah. So yeah, classic, classic Prince. We, we miss you Prince. And the last one is kind of a more of an easier one. It's octave. I, right. I can, See, the first two, I always confuse, but these two, I kind of have more of an idea of what's going on. Right. So if I so, had to make an educated guess of what an octave pedal does, it just, it basically lowers or raises the, the, the sound by an octave. Uh, yeah. And technically what's happening is it like, uh, it, it doubles the signal. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So it, um, this is a, like from the, the first, the the guy who Roger Mayer the um, who built the first Octavia pedal this is what Hendrix used it's that spaceship looking thing yeah um, so you think purple haze um, and you think about that and his exact words were it doubles the number of images of the note and that apparently makes it sound twice the frequency whereas oh. it really isn't so because the signal is going up and down twice as much even though you've changed the relationship of it the ear perceives it as twice the frequency. So, um, and then of course now we've got a whole lot more controls on that that allow us to 
you know, like I've got the bit commander octave pedal from Earthquaker Devices, you know, at Earthquaker Devices, hashtag Earthquaker Devices, hashtag. Bit of a plug money. there, John. I like yes, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying, like free pedals. Come on, guys. Um, it's going to be on all the social media, so come on, Earthquaker. <laughs> like, we are on all the social media. Um, yes, like, subscribe, share, shameless plug for our podcast. Um, anyway, Back but the, the octaver, John. Let's yeah, focus. sorry, sorry. I'm just trying to promote here, man. Anyway, um, but yeah, so that's the the pedal that I've got. You know, it, it has octave up, octave down, um, sub octave stuff. So there's all sorts of controls now that we have available to it. Um, okay. Even things like when you look at uh, the electro harmonics pog or micro pog, it's essentially an octave pedal with a whole bunch of other controls on it yeah um yeah so classic examples obviously the octavia pedal that i was just describing hendrix purple haze give that a listen that gives you a good idea of basically what the early ones did um and then you know if you're looking for more modern stuff there's a lot out there um yeah whenever but, i think of modern kind of octave as well just an effect the weird kind of effect the hendrixy octopus kind of yeah. thing is um do you know little sister by queens of the stone age oh yeah really really cool really nice small part and then he used it for the whole solo it's, it's really really cool really nice use of the pedal um cool so that's cool. our there four you have it. that's our four types of modulation which so is your there favorite are more. there are which is your favorite tweet at us come on Tweet at us or leave a comment below. Uh, also, if there's more glaringly obvious uses of these uh, these types of effects, please tweet at us also. So now we're moving on to our main topic of the show. So, John, if you remember back in episode six, which you can... Gosh, was it that here, long ago? It was over a half a... Dec- I don't know. Ago? Half a, yeah, half a... <laughs> we're on 13. It's over halfway ago. Anyway, uh, we were talking about guitar heroes that we love. So today we're going to take a little bit of a cheeky route and we're going to go with guitarists who we think are a little bit overrated. Maybe. Ooh, this Don't is sue us. controversial. So Okay, so we set some kind of ground rules for doing this. Uh, we, we, because we've taken so many small pot shots at the edge, yeah. uh, we, we, we weren't allowed to include the edge. I wouldn't have included them anyway, probably would have. Yeah, <laughs> right. I think we both would have, but... I mean, and we're not yeah. talking guitarists that are technically not the best players in the world, like Hendrix, because let's face it, Hendrix is God. Yeah. And um, or, or somebody like Cobain, who a good songwriter was never like an excellent guitar player. So, yeah. um, though that, in and of, that statement in and of itself might be controversial. So, yeah. Okay, uh, let's, let's, I hope yeah, so. We're, we're losing them, John. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> so I'm going to go, I'm going to, because I, I chose this topic and maybe I chose it just with the specific idea of um, bashing Kirk Hammett because <laughs> Oh, they sorry. just came through Denver like two weeks ago or something like that. So have they been able to like, have they, have they left a big mess behind them? Big, oh, I'm sure big, they have a big wah filled mess. Of just, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So uh, don't get me wrong. Okay. Kirk Hammett seems like the nicest man in Metallica. Besides maybe Rob, he seems pretty cool too. But just, I, I, okay, there's so many, it's, it's just so easy to make fun of Kirk Hammond now. It's just, uh, okay, first of all, easy. all the songs. E- okay, explain easy. Explain easy, okay. Well, he's just become a meme. There's, there's, there's a few things. There's the E minor <laughs> okay. pentatonic scale right. with a little bit of the blues run, and then there's the wah, 
And then there's, well, it's mostly like the hiding behind the wah pedal is the big thing. But there's also just that, like every kind of solo sounds the same. There's an amazing little clip in from some kind of monster, the, the fantastic documentary, which I've seen dozens of times, um, where he's like, my guitar solos are my expression. And then it just cuts to him in concert, <laughs> basically like doing like 12, 15, 12, 14, you know, uh, basically doing like the chromatic run down oh, with a wah pedal. Yeah, also, Guitar World recently, well, not too recently, but they published an article, Kirk Hammett teaches you how to sound like Stevie Ray Vaughan, which many people thought was a joke. What? Look it up, man. It's, oh, man. Of all yeah. the people to pick. I mean, also, Kirk Hammett now has his own range of pedals, and he said they were the best pedals in the world because no pedals have been made this well. And the, <laughs> inter- the, internet, the internet got very upset about it. No way. Yeah. Oh God. Okay, your your turn. I'm 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 free of rage now. <coughs> okay, this guy is probably a little more obscure, but he does get an awful lot of love on um on some of these well the obscure guitar nerd places corners of the internet. Yes. Uh, Rusty Cooley. So um, which an amazingly fast player. Amazingly yeah. fast. Wasn't he like the world's, he was on the list of the world's fastest. Yeah, you know, he does something, I don't know, he he plays, he can do 16th notes at over 300 or something stupid. That is stupid. Yeah, um, but for, you know, most of the time, I'm not going to pull the, oh, it's too many notes, Amadeus thing, but it just doesn't, doesn't (laughs) say anything. (laughs) Sorry. Um, yeah it doesn't yeah there's no expression it's just, yeah it's just like look how fast i can play and it's it's sort of like okay gonna take a dig at american muscle cars here it's sort of like um an american muscle car it goes really fast in one direction just don't try to corner with it um oh. and that's that's basically rusty cooley um you can you know look him up he's got his videos of like bet you can't play this and you're right i can't because i can't pick <laughs> it that fast but at the same time, you know, there's there's no break. There's no sense of like, ah, let's take a breath and listen to this wonderful phrase. He's just okay. That's kind of what he does. So I you've must... got a second one. Oh yes, no, I I do. Now this is from a personal experience of me being a little bit. Okay, so a few years ago, I told you I went to this uh, Spanish music festival, and in one night, mm-hmm. I got to see, I got to see Primus, Rob Zombie, and Ozzy Osbourne. And, wow! Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, Larry Lalonde. I might from Primus. I might include him on my uh, in a future episode if we do another one. We're totally gonna do another one of favorite guitar <laughs> players because I freaking love him. But Ozzy, I was like, come on, Zach Wild, come on, you know, because you know, it's, I, I was hoping that he'd be the tourist guitar, the touring guitarist at that stage. But uh, little did I know that's about six months previous. Uh, Ozzy had hired Gus G. Now, are you familiar with Gus G? Um, not really. So Basically, the name sounds familiar, but go ahead. In, in a long line of them, um, like Ozzy has an amazing ear for picking out guitar players. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Randy, even Jakey e. Lee is just... Yeah. But this guy, God, he just came out and he had his own little guitar solo section. And he'd, he'd like, you know, play these crazy runs and then he'd put his ear to the crowd and be like, are you listening? And everybody like, oh God, shut up. Uh, basically doing what Zach, a very, very diet Zach Wilde, in my opinion. 
Yeah. I'm just, it's, it's very easy. I feel like one of those guys that screams at the professional athletes going, you're not doing it right. <laughs> uh, but there was just this whole kind of pomposity to it all that I just didn't enjoy. Speaking of pomposity, John, you oh, have a <laughs> segue. <coughs> yeah. So uh, this is going to be sort of, I'm going to throw the grenade in the room and walk out. Um, <laughs> Ingve Malmsteen. So, I called wing. I called him wingy for like <laughs> until you corrected me. Right. Inve, okay. Yeah. Um. Jeez. Okay. So you recently in college, you actually had a look at you his yeah his playing essentially. Yeah, I did. I did a presentation on him. Um, the things you can do in academia, right? But just really the thing, the reason why I think he's overrated, um, is because he plays the same melodic and harmonic minor scales and that's it. Yeah. Like that's all he's done for 30, 30 years, 40. I have no idea how long he's been on the scene at this point. I don't know. 80. I think the trilogy album was like 83. So, of course he has a trilogy album. Of course he has a trilogy. Yeah. That's, album. that's yeah. It, that's the one where he's, he's fighting the dragon with his like fire <laughs> breathing guitar or something. I, yeah. You've shown me a lot of like priceless Ingve stuff, but I think the the best one is it's him with the Japanese orchestra. Oh my and gosh! It's just it's amazing. He's just he's just like, and then he looks at the the orchestra or the conductor, and the conductor's like, oh, ah. <laughs> yeah. Like, the conductor's just like, oh, we're we're done with that bit now. Okay, whatever. It's like I don't know if you'd call it a counterpoint, but it is just so masturbatory. Yeah, it's, it's, it's it. Well, no, it's definitely not contrapuntal. Okay. Uh, Sorry. Again, Sorry. there's another wonderful Amadeus thing in there. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I already so used up my laugh. He's. Uh, it's true. That's why we need a soundboard. Come on, people. Yeah. Throwback to episode three. Yeah, he's. Uh, so that's just it. I mean, I, I think a lot of it is kind of tasteless wankery. Like that's <laughs> probably the best way to put it. <laughs> That's it, friends. That's all you need to know. So maybe check out these guitar players if you haven't heard them before. Uh, I, I'm going to check out Rusty Cooley. I have. I just. I'm not going to like. I'm going to check him out to judge him. You know. <laughs> you know yeah, that's it. Do my squinty eyes like. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure know? there's there's going to be loads of trolls coming out of the woodworks for this one. But that's kind of yeah. the point. So, yes. From under their bridges. Yep. So now moving on to our, our our beautiful weekly segment. What have we been working on? So John, do you want to kick us off with what you've been working on? Okay. So this week, um, I was looking at a couple of different players, um, and one of them I'll get to in my what we've been listening to segment, okay. um, and and picking technique. Just as you're kind of going across the string, say your typical three note per string patterns. Uh -huh. um, if you're using alternate picking. Um, you kind of, you run into some difficulty in changing strings. So yeah. um, there are some people that sort of solve this problem, people like <clears throat> Ingve Malmsteen, um, that will sort of do an economy picking type thing where they'll, when you change strings, so on, on one string you're going down, up, down, but then you do another downstroke to get to the next string. Oh, um, okay. And there, there are some other players though who you change the angle of the pick so that it's uh, kind of at an upward slant um, huh. it, in, in, in relation to the ground. So instead of being perpendicular 
or parallel, I mean, or slanted down towards it, you slant it up away from the ground towards the ceiling, and that motion kind of frees it up. This was something I came across from watching Troy Grady's stuff, so we've mentioned him before. Um, I definitely say, you know, check it out. But yeah, yeah, so essentially kind of playing with those two things, like whether it's economy picking or um, uh, alternate picking, and it produces kind of two different feels, and not that I necessarily think one is better than the other, but just kind of so playing around with you're that. You're kind of weighing them against each other and seeing what you like. Yeah, just seeing which one uh, I prefer. There, there's again, yay, internet, loads of loads of people who will say you must do it one way or the other. Um, but really, I'd say figure out what works for you and run with it. Thomas, that sounds great. Um, and have you any exercises that you found that you would recommend? Um, I'd say just you know whatever it is, take a take one of your your major scale patterns or something um and then I, I i i start by isolating two strings so you know like the third and fourth string and you you might pick whatever cool. pattern you're one two three or uh you know like one two four on both strings or something and the idea is just to kind of check it out and just see like see try each works. one see how it works yeah Badass. Okay, well, yeah. that's very different to what I've been working on. So what have um, you been working on? Well, John, as a frustrated singer-songwriter, songer-singwriter person, mm. I found it, I've, been, I've been dealing with a lot of, like, I've got this, like, whole phone library of ideas and stuff to finish. And the other day, I, I was watching this uh, songwriting. I'm going to shout out a few things that have really been helping with my songwriting in the last uh, couple of weeks. One is Brilliant. called the uh, Holistic Songwriting a YouTube series. It's from it's written from this point of view of this professional like German songwriter. But he was talking about how he deals with finishing songs. Mm. And he says when you when you finish, you know, if you just want to get it done, give yourself a deadline. So uh, I found myself with a few hours to go and be like, okay, I've got two hours to finish this particular song. I already had a verse and a chorus. I had to write a bridge. And um yeah, I got done. And then I played it at a gig not uh, maybe two days later. And uh, yeah, everybody really liked it. So that was that was really really good. So Fantastic. since then, I've just so since then I've just been all about going through just ideas and trying to basically spend half an hour each day kind of fleshing it out, and then like hopefully, yeah, basically looking at my current set list. I'm like, I don't like playing this song anymore. Can I put a new one in there? Uh, so I've also been listening to a lot of. Uh, it's called the uh, Soda Jerker. S O D A J E R K E R on songwriting podcast. Okay. Uh, Do you know where that they, term comes from? No, do you? Yes. So what does uh, it mean? So actually, a soda jerk. Uh, this goes back to the 1950s in America. See, it's more than just guitars, people. We also talk about other things. It's yeah, so exactly. History and uh, pop culture from the 1950s. Yeah. But yeah, um, so they used to have soda fountains. Um, so that's where all the kids would would go and hang out, and they would get malts and sodas and just like you would pull a tap if you were having a beer, like they, they pulled the sodas. Um, and the nickname for the people who, was, who were pulling the, the soda lovers was a soda jerk. So okay. they would jerk the soda. There you go. Wow. All right. It sounds yeah, a lot it, more. Uh... It, it always, well, the thing is, it, it had a tendency to stick. So you had to, because it's covered in syrupy sugariness. So you had to like really pull hard on the thing to get it to go. So Sounds a lot more it. crass than I, I thought it was at the, the meeting. Actually. Yes. 
Yeah. See, yeah. we anyway. all we all learned something. Anyway, Soda Jerker on Songwriting Podcast. Really, really enjoyed it. They've gone everyone from Rufus Wainwright to Paul Simon to Screamy's Wow. It's really, really good. Holy cow. Um, I also listened, to, they did one with uh, Weird Al Yankovic. No way. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's, secret he's love a, for Weird Al Yankovic. No, don't keep it a secret, man. He's okay. the nicest guy. So I've been very, I've been really And his guitar player is fantastic. Yeah. And he's had the same band for like 30 years. So yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Fantastic. So bringing that on to what we've been listening to. So I'll, I'll kick this off. John, Please do. Please uh, do. Because I've actually done a bit of preparation. You'll notice that a few uh, weeks ago, you played your uh, Nervous Breakdown by yeah. Paisley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, I really like this stuff. It's really exciting guitar-wise for me, so I'm going to go check out his stuff. So uh, I, I, I checked out one of his albums. I went on to, I found his, his highest rated album, which is called Fifth Gear, and I checked okay. it out. And the, uh, the guitar playing is, is stunning, flawless. I could listen to it all day. Uh, some amazing, just licks and solos and whatever and it the, you know the pop song structure is nice but john those country lyrics i'm gonna read you out uh a, a little little oh please do please he's an excellent songwriter so um and maybe he takes maybe everything he, a little tongue-in-cheek so yeah yeah maybe, maybe i think that's what it is but because i'd like to kiss you see you out in the moonlight i'd like to kiss you way back in the sticks i'd like you to walk <laughs> walk you through a field of wa- wildflowers and i'd like to check you for ticks <laughs> the song is called Ticks and it's the second oh song. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. He's the song before that on the album is called All I Ever Wanted Was a Car. So yeah, I don't know. I can see it's kinda of, he's he's figured it out, but man, the guitar yeah. playing is amazing. I'm really digging what he's doing. It's kind of like kind of one of those artists where I just kind of wanna like basically take the solos and just stick them into the amazing slower downer app so I can figure them out. Yeah, there we go. We need to do an episode based on apps at some point. Yes, coming soon. People. Coming soon uh, to a podcast excellent. near you. John, what you been listening to? Um, I've been checking out uh, Jalad Hexelman. So here's... He, yeah, exactly. He was recommended to me uh, by one of our fellow teachers over at uh, Silver Sound Guitar. <coughs> Shameless oh, okay. plug. Um, but he's, he's this remarkable jazz guitar player um, who's kind of stretching the vocabulary a little bit, but not necessarily in, in kind of the weird experimental Pat Metheny kind of thing. Uh, yeah. um, but he just, the, the, the way he, he is able to navigate the fretboard and it's more than just sort of scalar runs. Um, there's some great leaps and using a lot of what we might associate with metal techniques, but a lot of this like sweet picking, but you know, you had people like Barney Kessel sweet picking in the sixties, but nobody talks about it. Um, yeah. But anyway, uh in particular the album this just in so the first track on there above i've started learning the solo and it's just mental like he's got these beautiful little slides um that he just sneaks in there that you're just like how does how does he even do that um and it's it's good like it's it's been good for me to kind of stretch my vocabulary a little bit on there and speaking of the amazing slow downer like i've i've got it in there right now it's in a window open here on my computer. So, oh. yeah, no, definitely. Man, I, we'll, we'll definitely talk about that app soon because that app has been life changing for me. Um, yeah, cool, man. Gilad Hexelman. Yeah. Check, check that out. Awesome. So, friends, I think that's us for today. Uh, we'll, we've, we've basically we've given you your pedal talk, we've given you your overrated guitarists, and also some music recommendations. So, go, be free, play guitar. Like, share, subscribe, 
We're on all the like, social medias. Look us up. We are indeed. Possibly with a YouTube channel soon. I'm going to talk to John after the podcast is done. Okay. Ooh. Ooh. Stay sharp, my friends.